Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 3, and message titled, 23 and Jesus. Well, we find a few interesting things as we start to look at the Gospels, and maybe you've even wondered that. How many of you guys have started reading the New Testament? You started in Matthew, and then you got to Luke, and you're like, wait a minute, this is the same story. Or Matthew, Mark, you, Mark, and then you, the same story, and then Luke, the same story, and then you get to John, it's okay, it's a little different, but it's pretty much still about Jesus, and, and why do they write four stories about Jesus? Anybody ever wonder that? Why do they write four stories about Jesus? And the reason that they did, you know, as we kind of unpack that, is that there were really four views of Jesus. And each one kind of tells, from their own perspective, what they saw of Jesus. It wasn't like Matthew wrote his, then Mark's like, well, that's not very good. He left out a lot of details. I'm going to go fix it. And then Luke's like, well, neither of those are right, because they left out this part, so they went and fixed it. And then John's like, I don't like any of them. I'm going to write mine completely different, and I'm just going to write a bunch of stories about Jesus and then kind of end the same way. No, no, it wasn't that at all. In fact, all four of them had a specific and express purpose by the Holy Spirit to write their version of the gospel because it shows Jesus from four different angles. Matthew, being a tax collector, being somebody who was involved in government and understood how government worked, wrote his perspective as Jesus the King. Mark wrote his perspective. Actually, Mark would have been the gospel of Peter because Peter was, Mark was with Peter and actually he shared Peter's account. Peter being the one who, when Jesus would gird himself with a towel and wash his disciples' feet, Peter's like, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And he's like, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. And Peter's like, okay, then wash my feet and my head and my hands and everything, you know. And Jesus is like, oh, brother, Peter. But, you know, he, he saw, he saw a, a, as an example, because of that, the importance of, of the servitude of the Christian and the servitude of Jesus. And so he writes from that perspective, Jesus the servant. And then when you look at Luke, Luke, of course, is a physician. We know that. He's a historian. He's a physician. He's interested in human, the human man. And so he writes Jesus, the Son of Man, from that perspective. And then, of course, John being the mystic. You know, when you look at John's gospel, he's, he's definitely on a different level, a different plane. He writes about Jesus, the Son of God. Now, the early church recognized this as they looked at these four gospels. And they realized, and I don't know who it was, but oftentimes they'd write these four different things in, in picture form in the early church to illustrate this. And you find this in the catacombs and other places, but they recognized that the gospels, the four gospels, pictured or mirrored the four faces of the living creatures around the throne of God. In fact, in the same order. And so as you look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf or an ox. The third living creature like the face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like an eagle. And in that order, Matthew, you have the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus the king. 
Mark, the ox or the calf, the, the servant beast, Jesus the servant. Luke, the man, Jesus the son of man. And John, the eagle, a majestic symbol of deity, Jesus as God. And, and probably the same as you see the four faces of the cherubim in Ezekiel chapter 10. However, instead of the face of a lion, it says the face of a cherub. I don't know how to reconcile that. I'm guessing it's probably not a fat baby face. But probably that that was the face that was facing forward as the wings and everything were in order. And maybe it was like the face of a lion and he just figured that was the face of a cherub since that's the one out front. I don't know. I don't know exactly. But the other ones are the same. The eagle, the ox, the man. Then, of course, the, the face of a cherub or probably something that looked like a lion. But mysteriously, these were the same ensigns or the same symbols that were ascribed to the four tribes who camped closest to the tabernacle. Now, if you remember in Numbers chapter 22, another one of those passages that you completely skipped over because it's just giving you lists of names and who camped first and all of this, but it, it describes the children of Israel camping around the, the tabernacle. And of course, the tabernacle had a big, you know, kind of a barrier fence around it, and, and it, was, it was rectangular. And the children of Israel were instructed to camp on the east and the west, the north and the south sides of the tabernacle. And that's how they were to camp, right? And so if you're a Jew, and, and you're supposed to, this tri- tribe is supposed to camp first, and the next tribe, and the next tribe, how would you do that? Would you just kind of helter-skelter, you know, camp wherever you wanted to, you know, maybe a little bit northeast, and maybe blending with the tribes on the other side? No. They're, they're all about the rules, right? And so they would have camped directly from that side of the tabernacle, straight out, in lines, three tribes on one side, three times on another side, three tribes on another side, and three tribes on another side. And they would have been, if you would have flown over it from the east, looking over the, the camps of Israel as they would have had their torches and lamps at night, you would see the Shekinah glory of God descending upon the tabernacle in the middle and a giant cross out in the wilderness as the children of Israel camped. And that's the shape that they camped in. That's significant. But beyond that, the ensign or the, the standard that was representing the tribe of Judah, as you should know, was the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. For Ephraim to the west, that was the east, to the west, the ensign for Ephraim was the ox. And then, let me make sure I get this in the right order, to the south, the ensign for Reuben was a man, and then to the, east, or to the north, the ensign for Dan was the eagle. And so these four, these four faces would face the tabernacle where the presence of God was. And these are the four pictures that we have of Jesus Christ as we look at these things. And of course, Matthew traces, it's same as the genealogies as we look at these four gospels. Matthew traces the line of David to Jesus, the heir to the throne of David through Joseph. Mark his genealogy is that he doesn't have one because a servant doesn't have a genealogy, right? So Matthew's Jesus lying to the king. Mark, no genealogy because a servant doesn't have a genealogy. Luke traces the humanity of Jesus and goes through Mary, and we'll discuss that. And then John traces Jesus' deity, so his genealogy is at the beginning of, of, of John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And maybe you don't recognize it as a genealogy until today. But it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made 
that was made. And then verse 14 tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we have a genealogy, not through man, but Jesus, the word of God, who became flesh. And so all three of these have a genealogy that kind of follow the same amazing pattern. So this leaves a question. If Jesus was supposed to be the son of Joseph, why does Joseph's genealogy have anything to do with Jesus at all, if, if he's not really his father? And, and that's a good question. You know, how could you say, well, he's supposed to be the son of Joseph? Or that he was, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, and Jacob begat Joseph, the, the, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, called the Christ. Well, remember, in chapter 2, when they came, you know, I must be about my father's business. In other words, you're not my dad, Joseph. You're not my real dad, right? Not really. Not really. Actually, I think we'll find that Joseph had more of a stake to Jesus than we might first think. Both Mary and Joseph were from the tribe of Judah. Some important things we need to know about Mary and Joseph, and that is, is that both of them were firstborn. That's important, because they weren't, none of this would, would work. But it all plays into a couple different things that give Joseph legal right to be Jesus's legitimate father. And, and that starts with the daughters of Zelophehad. I mean, how many of you have heard of the daughters of Zelophehad? Okay, two of you. It's in, Levit- or it's in the book of Numbers, and most of you just skip through Numbers because of the name. Numbers. I don't want to list n- numbers and names and all that stuff, but it's in Numbers chapter 27. Now, you remember that the children of Israel were out in the wilderness, and you know somebody was like, hey, he left his rake out, and I stubbed my toe on it. And another guy was like, hey, he hurt my son because he was neglectful. And everybody was bringing everything to Moses, and Moses was just like, oh. This is exhausting. And Jethro came to him and says, Moses, you can't hear every case. Let there be rulers of tens and rulers of of 100s and rulers of thousands, rulers of 10,000s. And then only the really serious cases will come to you. And this actually is how we set up our, our own judiciary, state level and then supreme court level in the federal government, that there's different levels of courts. There's local courts and appellate courts and you know uh, district courts, and, and then finally the United States Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, and Moses was that court. And so in Numbers chapter 27, we hear of a case that was brought before Moses. Kind of interesting. It's in 27 verses 1 through 11, but we're only, for our purposes, going to look at verse 1 through 9. It says this, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Makar, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208 365 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho. Till the very moment.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.